Hi, I am Shekhar Gupta and I bring to you this podcast version of this week's National Interest. Applying the DDA test is an instructive way of understanding the evolution of India's political economy. What has changed and what hasn't, for better or for worse. The almighty DDA, as the Delhi Development Authority is popularly known, has had a monopoly over land and its development in Delhi, even its commercialization, for most of the period since it was founded in 1957. In the course of a very short time since its founding, it grew to be a Soviet-style development agency for the national capital. Why I have sometimes called it the Delhi Destruction Authority, I will explain in a bit. For now, let me just say how delighted I am to see that the DDA has now launched a marketing blitz with snazzy advertisements to sell, sell houses it has built. And how I am just as delighted to see, in fact I am even more delighted to see how it's struggling to find buyers. This is how the mightiest with the full weight of the Indian state behind them are slain by the market. It isn't a small number of flats that the DDA is trying to sell. It's inventory of unsold flats. Minister of State for Urban Affairs Kaushal Kishore told Rajya Sabha last year exceeds 40,000. For emphasis, the value of DDA's unsold inventory is estimated at rupees 18,000 crore. This for a product, the once coveted DDA flat for which there were decade-long waiting lists where buyers applied and flats were allocated based on a draw of lots and only a few fortunate ones got it. Of course, it helped if your uncle was a big shot or if you belong to any of the special categories with reservations or with special quotas which included even judges of the Supreme Court. A DDA flat was a privilege and a gift from Maibab Sarkar, if not God, in a city where almost nobody could build anything by way of housing. It is now searching for buyers. Their DDA is searching for buyers for perspective or for or for context, which is more which is more fashionable and notorious these days. For perspective or context, the value of the unsold inventory of the DDA today is more than twice the total reserves of the state monopoly, which stand at 9,028 crores. But you know what? The oldest principle with state-run businesses always seems to be, when you find yourself in a hole, keep digging. The DDA already had 16,000 plus flats in its unsold inventory, mostly in a ghost township it had developed in what used to be the village of Narela in outer Delhi. It was in addition to these that the, that the DDA built another 23,000 odd more, so the number went up to 40,000. Why did these not sell at all? Minister Kishore told the Rajya Sabha in 2021 that the reasons were, number one, the remote location. So tell me, which genius chose it, the location and why? Did anybody survey the market before building? The price is being high. The minister says the second reason, again, did, any, did anybody, did somebody check the market? Number three, lack of metro connectivity. Hello. We thought metro plans and maps were available to anybody with a keypad or keyboard in Delhi and certainly to the DDA. And that hold your breath that the flats were small. This is the minister himself saying DDA is his company, his organization. If you think DDA's failure to sell any of these would deter it from building more, you don't know the Indian state or any state for that matter, any government for that matter. Even more so, a state seasoned for seven decades plus in the cask 
of socialism. That's why Winston Churchill famously described Christopher Columbus as the first socialist. He didn't know where he was, didn't know where he was going, but could keep traveling nevertheless at the taxpayer's expense. This is probably why the DDA has added yet another 23,955 newly constructed flats to its earlier existing unsold inventory of 16,000 flats. The new ones have also mostly come up in Narela, the same location where they said it was impossible to sell those flats. And these were added in 2022-23. The DDA is now also trying to bring in variety, appealing to a larger clientele. It was set up, the whole idea was to reach out to the middle class, to working classes, to sell them cheaper flats. But now, now it's trying to reach out to a larger clientele. The idea is also to move up the value chain. So the latest on offer are 14 penthouses, government-built penthouses in New Delhi's middle-class mini-city of Dwarka at more than 5 crores apiece. Imagine for a moment that your government was still making a branded cola drink, bread, scooters, television sets, computers, and if it was, would you still buy them? Chances are you certainly wouldn't. But that's exactly where we have come from. We used to be like that. We had made a double seven cola after George Fernandez banished Coke. We made modern bread, sold later to HUL, Hindustan Unilever Limited. State PSUs made scooters. Vijay actually was a brand familiar in the north. These state PSU made scooters, bad quality, were the only ones available still in a reasonable waiting time. They were still a waiting time, but in a reasonable waiting time of a year or two, while a Bajaj Vespa might take up to 13 years. Again, again, unless your uncle was a big shot, big enough to have access to a quota. Chief ministers had quotas for Bajaj scooters those days. Again, many of the merchandise, many of the goods that government made, you, you bought these only if you didn't have an, an NRI uncle returning with goodies like these, along with that pair of Levi's, Nike's, and your favorite brand of underclothes. Don't forget, most important. The good news is that the private sector has taken over all these products and the state has retreated from the market. That is the fruit of three decades of reform. In Delhi, however, the government still insists on persisting with the home building business. There must be a special reason for it. And the reason is ownership and control of land and the manner in which Delhi slash New Delhi has developed. In the process, it has created institutionalized inequalities all rooted in the Nehru Indra era's fake socialist fixations. The British built Latians Delhi by grabbing several villages, generally south of Old Delhi, the village of Raisina was among them. Villagers were given not even a pittance as compensation. The rulers who succeeded the British continued the operation in the same spirit, acquiring land in sort of concentric semicircles radiating from Raisina Hill to the south. Towards the south, many villages were similarly acquired in full, the most prominent for, for our discussion today being the village of Munirka. The compensation given to the native inhabitants of Munirka was something like six annas per square yard. For those born in the metric era, the rupee was originally divided into six annas. One anna was six pesa, that's why the 25 pesa coin was called a chavanni, charana, 50 pesa coin was called athani, athana. It's critical to understand what happened to this land then. In the socialist Maiba Praj, smart people were encouraged, quote-unquote, to set up cooperative societies and large parcels of this land were allocated to these societies formed by those the establishment considered worthy. 
the smartest civil servants, especially from the Home Ministry then, were the first of the blocks. To them, we owe the rise of the finest, the most premium residential colonies in New Delhi, Shanti Niketan, Basant Bihar, and so on. You name me one top, especially leftist civil servant of that period or advisor from the Nehru Gandhi era, and I will show you the mansion they left behind for their progeny in these colonies. Their own interests sorted, they reached out to the others. No smart bureaucracy wants to leave powerful enemies behind. Thereby came the lawyers or judges cooperative that built Niti Bagh further south in New Delhi. Next, the most senior journalists of that era got together to build Gulmohar Park and so on. As you went down the social and political and bureaucratic hierarchy from the top civil servants to lawyers and journalists, the colonies became more distant and the plot sizes smaller. All this done, all this done, the social pecking order settled, the state now banned all private development in Delhi. This was in the early 1960s. The future generations then, our parents, but mostly even my generation, were left to the mercy of the DDA. That's why the years-long waiting lists, the black market, the corruption, the widespread sense of resignation. For a long time, the best middle or upper middle class professional could hope in Delhi to own was a pokey, ridiculously named HIG, high income group flat, built with wafer thin brick walls with no beams and columns. You had to keep the construction cost really low, you know, for the middle class and for the, for the not very rich for India. Especially when you had secured your own 500-800-1000-2000 square yard plots next to Latians Delhi in Shantiniketan, Bazar Bihar and so on, guaranteeing the fortunes of your next many generations in property value alone. Meanwhile, meanwhile those in the lower middle, middle class or poorer classes continue to build scores of semi-slums glorified in Delhi as unauthorized colonies. That's where the voters reside now. The bulk of the voters reside now. And that's the reason all political parties promise only to preserve these. It is for this reason that I call these enclaves that India's old rulers gave themselves in the name of socialism, the new Kremlin. And that is also the reason why I call the DDA, Delhi Destruction Authority. There's been some change in Delhi, some competition, especially after the new master plan, which has only been partly implemented. It's the competition that has come from Gurgaon and Noida that has now demolished the DDA's arrogant monopoly.